Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. I am your host, CEO Hayes, and I'm in the building. Well, clearly I'm in the building. If I wasn't in the building on my own podcast, it'd be a problem. <laughs> but I'm back um, trying to reset the energy. If you can't tell, uh, for those who actually know me and like know the tone of my voice, I'm still not quite all the way myself. Um, luckily, on this episode, uh, we do have fun, so it's it's not going to be all down and everything the whole time. But um, yeah, it's 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 good to kind of cleanse the palate. I um, I'm not going to like rehash it. Uh, we do talk a little bit about Kobe on this podcast, um, and you know, prayers again to his family and all the families that were affected by the plane crash. Um, but let's let's try to pick back up the energy. Um. Go ahead off the top, follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod. Uh, also, I know I always say it at the end of the show. I don't know how many people, like, I don't know. Uh, we've gotten a couple voicemails, which I'll probably start playing next week. But if you do want to leave a voicemail for this podcast, play it on air. Question anything on your mind. Uh, the number is 614-547-2039. Um, but yeah, that's it. So on this week's episode, it's going. It's me and Tia, who you usually hear on the Cookie Chronicles segment of the podcast. And we're actually going to be discussing. Uh, we do discuss like how how black men support women. Um, we also do break down like she is a a child of a pastor. So we actually talk about like her whole experience and growing up in the church, and then getting into adult life and being out of it, and just how that whole process affects. There's just a good conversation. That's kind of where we start off goes uh into other places off top of that um but that's it on this week's episode uh yeah it's just it's just a really good discussion so i'm gonna go ahead we're gonna get into our intro music on the other side of that you're gonna hear me and you. the following is a breaks media podcast you are now listening to the best podcast in the world the awakened so hosted by my dad and gentlemen here goes the full episode of the awakened soul that i promise you guys i know we had a little bit of well not a little bit we had some sad news yesterday that kind of threw off our plans but nonetheless i am here and i'm joined by i, I want to say a first time guest but not really because you've been like on my on my podcast with your own segment for like the last month at this point but we got 
Miss Miss the First Lady in the building. What's going on? <laughs> See, that doesn't even sound. Hey, and I'm just gonna let y'all know she fusses at me about using her real name, so I like I feel awkward now because I don't call her that, but it's cool. Yes, my close friends call me my real name. The people in the podcast world call me by my podcast name. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh man, so this is something that you guys can look forward to. We're gonna try to do this once a month if uh, Miss First Lady doesn't get too busy on me because she's a a businesswoman out there. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I guess before we get into anything else, we do to start off the opening segment, which is usually where we get into my mind. We're going to get into both our minds. So uh, as the world knows, Kobe passed away on Sunday. Um, and I'm going to I've already got a chance to get like my initial reactions and stuff off. But where were you when you found out? What was your initial reaction? How do you feel? Um, I was in the car on the way home and initially I heard it was just Kobe and then you know there were rumors then there was him and the three kids then it was Rick Fox then it was a bunch of other people so I felt so bad for Vanessa like even knowing that it's just one daughter to have to bury your child and your husband at the same time and to think about what his reaction was like as a parent, knowing that you want to provide safety for your child and in that moment, knowing that there's nothing you can do. Like I just, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So sad. And that's something that I didn't talk about on my little mini episode is that, because I just, I, I didn't, because I would have cried on camera. Um, luckily, I've had some time. But to be in a situation with your child and basically, like, we don't know how much, how long they had to react or whatever. But I'm sure there had to be a second, even if it was only a split second, that he knew that was it. For his little girl, yeah. even if it wasn't, he was, he didn't care about it being for him. I could never imagine, like, me and my daughter, well, me and all my kids are extremely close. but And they, they were, like, inseparable. Ever since Kobe retired. When you saw Kobe, you saw Gigi. And we really got mm-hmm. to know Kobe as a father the last few years. Like, we knew him as a competitor. We knew him as a player. But we really got to know him as a father since his retirement. And it's just, it's crazy. You know, it really has been, like, irking me the past day is that you see all these people with these conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. and then you see all these people saying oh well you know you guys didn't love Kobe before and why you showing him love now and me I'm not a huge sports fan so I don't know like his stats I know he was on the Lakers for like his entire career Mm -hmm. but even not being a huge basketball fan, like growing up, I'm an 80s baby. Kobe was always around. He was always in commercials. He was always doing like stuff for the youth. And like he's just always been there. So it's yeah. kind of like a distant cousin still that's just passed away. Yeah, I think anytime somebody's always in the public eye, like he's literally been in the public eye since he was like 17, even before the yeah. NBA. But even more than that, like if you can't connect, with the fact that somebody passed away in a tragic accident with their child. Like, if you've never seen a basketball game, you do have the right to feel sad about that, as anyone. Like, it, it, so, um, yeah, people saying that. And then I saw a tweet, actually, it was like midday today, where someone was like, well, if I was Kobe, I, I would have invested in a safer mode of, of transportation than a helicopter. It's like, motherfucker. Like, shut up. Like, 
Then you saw people comparing his death to Nipsey Hussle's, like, whose death had the biggest impact on L.A. Yeah. It was just a bunch of foolishness. Yeah, people people just say people stupid People are shit. insane. Yeah, and there, there was even somebody who tweeted out um, saying, like, well, Kobe died uh, 20 years too late because he was a rape. Like, it's just like, you motherfuckers need to shut the hell up. It's 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 always somebody who comes out like during stuff like this who's they say that shit specifically because they know it's going to get reaction on social media and it's like shut the hell up. Yep, clout chasing. Yeah, yeah, motherfucking clout mm-hmm. chasing. Um, and we're comparing death. We're not gonna do like comparing Nipsey and and LeBron's death because they both died way too fucking young. How about that? Um, yeah. So. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Take a second to talk about that. Um, something else that I want to talk about kind of adjacent to this is, uh, damn it, I forgot. Allison, I forgot her full name, who made the comment of, you know, she said that she combined Knicks and Lakers, but, you know, people said that she was oh. saying niggas on live TV. Oh. What, did, what did you hear when you heard that? Because, honestly, I heard niggas. I heard Nick. Like, it. It's like, and if she did, like I've done the thing. I have done it on a podcast, like mixing up two words. Um, but that sounded like niggas to me. That was a hard G G E R S. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. And I've heard she's been fired, and I hope that's accurate, but I definitely heard niggers. Yeah. Yeah. It's <sighs> <laughs> and the argument that people are having, like you know, I don't think that she would say that. Why would she jeopardize her bag and her money and her career? And my my argument to them is, do you know how many other white journalists have said outlandish shit on air before? Yeah, like, exactly. their bag is not a deterrent from them speaking what they want to speak. And then someone said to, you know, add your 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 caption. What is it? The the caption at the bottom that mm-hmm. tell you what it's saying. Yeah. I was like, that's not always accurate either. Yeah. Where y'all what, what's some happening? Are, yeah, like, I mean some of that is automated, but some of it is somebody physically going in and, and type. So like you fuck Yeah. People just crazy. <laughs> it is. People are fucking wild. Um Yeah, people are crazy. Uh but let's it's and it's hard like to what to like jump out of a conversation about somebody losing their life so young so but uh we got to get into our main topic today which is built all around you you ready to talk about you is it <laughs> what <laughs> you, you look so shocked like i didn't send you the topics like don't be don't try to fake it for the camera like you didn't you don't know what's oh, coming no, i didn't know if you changed it so much has changed in the 24 yeah. hours so i don't know what you got up your sleeve well, right now no yeah i mean so it, it has but i think um like i i, I spent a whole 20 minutes talking like i don't want to just it's going to be so much sad content out about kobe and retrospectives on his life and stuff i really don't like if anything, like I, I want everybody. Everybody deserves the time to mourn, but eventually, like, let's let's get to the point of celebrating his life and what he meant to basketball and as a father and the example he set. And because the guy was, he was he was a great father. I don't care what what you have to say about him. If you didn't like the fact that he was cocky and he didn't like to pass sometimes, like I understand all that. But at the end of the day, we lost somebody who was a great father to their children, and he that void that's going to be left in. in his daughter's life, the three that are still here, imagine they lost a father and a sibling. And as someone who's lost a sibling, that that there's no there's no comparison to that. That that hole doesn't at least for me, hell, it's been almost four years now. That hole hasn't gone away. 
I still see pictures of my um my little brother, and I I tear up to this day if I see certain pictures of him. Like I, I th- replay certain memories in my head, and then that shit just gets me emotional. So, mm-hmm. yeah. See, let's not listen. Let's, That's why I don't want to harp on it because you're gonna get me. I got an image we to maintain. Pray. I can't. I can't get sad. We have to. Pray. Yeah. We have to pray for peace. Yeah. There you go. And yes. and you, you saying prayer kind of does segue into what we're getting into about you. <laughs> <laughs> so this topic came came about for a few different things because honestly like there's a few stereotypes over people who are who are kids of pastors right pks yeah pks and so um i wanted to talk to you about it but like some of this was kicked off i guess we can start here is the ter- the terry cruz and gabrielle union thing with her getting dismissed and him basically coming out and um contradicting a lot of what she said about it was the voice right that's the show that they're on because i don't watch fucking reality tv oh was it america's got talent. talent yeah one of those um and so like it it, it kicked in the, the thought of like women of color not being supported the same way that they support try to support our men and not every because there aren't there are a lot of women who don't support black men who bat who will bash us all day and night but um, in that sense, like what what did you think about that? And then then we'll get into the past the kids thing. But what do you think about like the whole Terry Crews thing and like her supporting him when he came out saying he was sexually assaulted and not returning that same favor with her and and directly in some cases contradicting what she said was the problem with America's Got Talent? I didn't really hear the quote to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of people, a lot of black people didn't support Terry Crews. That's true. A lot of black people are supporting Gabrielle Union. Now, again, I don't know what the quote was between the two of them, but there is some type of breakdown and stereotype between us supporting a man that was sexually assaulted by a man and then us uplifting and supporting a woman who's being discriminated against. So mm-hmm. where the breakdown comes in, I don't know. That's what we need to figure out so mm-hmm. that we can all be on the same page. But um, there's definitely something off there. Do you do, do you, you know what the direct quote was that um, that was said? You know, it's funny. I used to hate Gabrielle Union. You used to hate Gabrielle Union. Yeah, but you know why? Because she used to be a mean girl. And even she's come out and said that in yeah, that's true. her celebrity, she used to be a bitch. And I could not stand her. I've just recently, over the past maybe five or six years, started warming up to her. Well, I think that uh, even Jada Pickett had said, like, they had a beef for like 10 years or whatever. And yeah, Gabrielle Union, mm-hmm. I think, I honestly think her getting with Dwayne Wade even though she's older than him and then them having children, like being around his children has kind of matured her a little bit. Well, not a little bit, a lot. And, and I'm just aged. I don't want to just lay it at the behest of getting married. Cause we, I don't want to just put all the credit on it for that. But I just think her living life kind of helped her calm down. Some, and then also to be a black woman in Hollywood, I feel like a lot of them do have to have chips on their shoulders. And maybe that, that kind of developed from there. Hmm, I don't know, but I know when she was sitting down with uh, Jada Pickett at the Red Table Talk, she mentioned having to go through therapy mm-hmm. and counseling and like working through some of those issues. So that is good. Yeah. So the Terry Crews direct quotes, um, as I'm reading them, is after uh, Gabrielle Union made um, comments on the toxic work environment and some sexism and racism allegations. He said, I can't speak for sexism because i'm not a woman uh 
but I can't speak on behalf of any racism comments, racist comments. There was never any that was never my experience on America's Got Talent. Then he also said, I believe you should listen to women. You should always believe women and added. I uh, wait. Do, 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 do. Oh, added that the allegations came from an unknown source. So and this is typical what what social media will blow shit out of proportion because just reading the direct quotes, they don't sound that bad. But yeah, but why did he say anything at all? Because he was asked. He was he was being interviewed on uh, one of those talk shows. I, again, I don't watch much social media. Uh, it was on to the Today Show. He's being interviewed. He was asked about it. So and I think that's where, like I say, a lot of our people and, I, and I've called black people out for this before. They read a headline or a tweet and run with it and don't watch the video, don't watch the show, don't watch a lot of it. And then it becomes this whole thing. And it's like, all right, what, what was the tone and the context of which he said it in? It doesn't sound that right. bad to me personally. I can get I can get not saying anything at all or wanting the fact that she left the show, just not speaking on it to, to in a sign of support. But at the same time, he's speaking to his experience and he made sure he said that to me. It'd be different if he said there's no racism at all here. He just said, in my experience, that that's not something I've experienced. So what do you think? Mm, I think he still could have supported her a little more, in, even in his statement. Like, mm. he could have maybe said, you know, that wasn't my experience, but I can't speak for Gabriel. Like, I, I don't know what she's experienced. What she's saying may, may, may well be true. Yeah. But I don't I can't speak on that. I am not sure I, that didn't happen to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. That, that could have showed a little more support to her cuz him saying that it didn't happen to him and not acknowledging what she said has happened to her makes it seem like it it didn't happen or it's not important or mm-hmm. you know that it's just he say she say. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Um, but that's something I wanted to talk about because I, I I tend on my podcast, unless I have a woman on, to not talk about women issues because I'm a man. I don't always understand it, and I don't want to give my perspective and it be jaded, and I need someone to hold me accountable. But I uh, I appreciate Makes that. Hmm? <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, seriously. like Because like, it's something that I've had to grow into is that, you know, I think people in general, because I won't just say men, people in general give their opinion about something and kind of stated as if it's fact and I never want to do that with just my opinion so I like because I like talking through it stuff like this when it comes to sexism issues or between the genders I want I want to have a bouncing board right because I can just sit here all day and say (laughs) what my thoughts are on it but then if I'm not taking something or not seeing something from the female perspective I want somebody to be there and be like hold on wait a second but this is the way you should kind of try to look at it this way so I try to be an evolved person around here sometimes, you know. That's good. Keep it going. Keep it going. What's up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies Podcast, a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host, Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. 
Hey. What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. All right. So now we're getting into you. It's time to get into you. And the, the, the thing, the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you. So there's a stigma going around, especially in the black community. You always hear that pastor kids, they're the freaks. They're the bad ones. They're the, really the bad seeds. And so as someone who is a pastor's kid, I wanted to talk to you about how do you feel about that stigma? How it's affected you? how you've been in church and how it's affected your adult life and just talk about it from that perspective. So are you ready? <sighs> sure. <laughs> so did you, did you have that stigma growing up? Did people look at you because of you were the course. pastor's kid and just think you was out here bad? Um, you know, you got your foot page and stuff. Um, so, you know, we, of course <laughs> they did. Okay. That was the thing. Like, I remember the era where that's all the guys that I knew would go after like church girls okay? because they thought church girls were the freakiest and did the most and um but yeah of course of course that was a thing it still is a thing and i don't understand why like there are more people outside of church that are in church and the women and the kids outside of the church are nastier and just as bad or worse <laughs> than the church kids so i don't understand where the stigma came from but yeah now i will say not all of us are like that you know i know a lot of preachers kids who are off the hook bad like they deserve to be in psych wards and in jail and some more shit but then i know some of us who are very calm, cool, collective, and conservative. So I know an equal balance of both. But I don't know where where did that stigma come from. I have no idea. I have no idea. You know what? The way that our community works, there was probably one pastor's child who got caught sucking a dick or something, <laughs> and it just set off. Like seriously, I don't even say that. To, I don't even say that to be vulgar, but dead serious. With the way that our culture works, it was probably one who just who just got caught. And next thing you know, every pastor's kid is now the biggest freak. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a freak now. Yeah, I mean, you're an adult now, though. Exactly. <laughs> when I was a PK, like, still in the church real heavy, I wasn't doing nothing. Like, I didn't, I wasn't restricted to too much, but when it came to, like, parties, like, I'm in the DMV, so go-go's our thing like mm -hmm. i couldn't go to go-go's i couldn't go to parties i couldn't do like house parties um yeah if it wasn't like a church event or like chilling at one of my friends houses as a sleepover like i couldn't go and as i got older when i turned 18 i finally went to a house party and i'm like oh this is what I missed out on. I wasn't missing <laughs> shit. Like, I don't understand. Everybody's standing on the wall. Guys just on the wall like this. And the girls are like doing their thing. And I'm like, this is boring. Yeah. Then I started going clubbing when I turned 18. And I realized that once I had to drink to have fun mm -hmm. and enjoy myself, then it wasn't worth doing. So I was like, my parents really like, you know, I wasn't one of them kids that was pressed to go and do the things that I couldn't do. But when I was of age and I could do them, I understood why my parents didn't want me there. And then I realized that I really wasn't missing out on nothing. Okay. So it kind of worked out for me. Now, you got some preacher's kids that 
are restricted up until they're 18 and they turn 18, they go buck fucking wild. Like <laughs> I know a lot of those too. Yeah. They become strippers and have kids early and they're divorced two and three times. By the time they're 26, like this opposite ends there, but I don't think that there's one more than the others. I don't, I don't understand where that came from. You <laughs> when you, uh, what was it like? Like, what were your, what were you expected to do as far as like have a role in the church, even when you like were becoming an adult? Did, did were you expected to have a big role in the church, and then you didn't? Like, how how did how did that work out? Well, when I was a kid, I was in everything. I was a church cheerleader. I was on the usher board. I was on the praise team. I was on a dance team. I did the side ministry. I did the choir. I did everything. <laughs> as a kid now once I got older um and again turning 18 because I still lived in my parents house their rule was if you live here you got to go to church on Sunday makes sense so I being a smart ass that I am because I felt like y'all done raised me in church five six days out of the week everybody deserve a break <laughs> I'm 18 I've been doing this since I was a born <laughs> I started working on Sundays I was like alright I gotta work I can't go to church today. or you know I'm staying at such and such house I ain't going to church today so the funny thing is when people know you're a PK even re regardless of how far removed you are from the church I haven't been to church on a consistent basis since I was in my early 20s and I'm 33 so, you know, you're my friend on Facebook. You see kind of the stuff that I post and the mm -hmm. questions that I ask. And then I have Cookie Chronicles, which was a love, sex, relationship show. I still had some of the adults that saw me grow up in church as friends on my Facebook page. So I remember vividly, like, this one time I wrote a status. I think I was cussing or something. I don't know. It wasn't nothing too crazy. And one of the ladies from church inboxed me. It was like, your mom didn't raise you like that. I know your mom very well. And I'm telling pastor. Pastor need to have a conversation <laughs> with you. I politely inboxed her back. And I'm like, I'm grown. Okay. I'm in my 20s. Pastor and my mother are no longer responsible for my soul. I'm responsible for my own soul. Mm -hmm. So you can mind your business. <laughs> and then I politely unfriended her. So like. You know, even as adults, you do still have the people that saw you grow up, like the elders now, still try to check you. Um, but I just politely tell them, like, I'm grown. I'm going to do what I want to do. So, I mean, you really don't have a need to talk to me about anything. There's nothing for us to talk about. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's funny that, like, people will... Because, you know, I used to be a deacon, so I, I know very well of the church, but... You know, it's funny how, oh. yeah, it's funny how people will straight up act like you out here with like 16 kids and four baby daddies and everything. And all you said was damn. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's like, chill the hell out. Chill the hell out. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just wild. man. What, what was it like? Like, so going from being in the church, like you said, basically since birth, all the time doing everything to transition into adult life. Was there anything you already said like parties and stuff? You like I, I wasn't really missing on anything, but there was was there any way that you were like, I don't know, you kind of felt awkward or you had to adjust or it was like a whole new world to you. 
So it wasn't so much as um, adulthood. Mm -hmm. So most of my life, I grew up up until like the sixth grade. I was in private school, Christian private school at my church. So when I went to seventh grade public school, I didn't know anything about sex. I didn't know anything about the opposite sex. To this day, my parents have never sat me down. I mean, they wouldn't now, but they've never sat me down and had the birds and the bees conversation. Like growing up, it was always don't have sex before marriage. Little boys are only after your goodies, like stuff like that. So when I got to public school and all my friends was talking about kissing and they was making out with people and finger popping and humping. And I was like, Ooh, what the hell is happening here? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is not of God. And it's so funny because all of my friends knew, like I was the church girl Uh and my school, I was known as the church girl. So if people ever had issues with me, like my little hood friends would like fight my battles for me and stuff like that. They're like, Tia don't never mess with nobody. She, you know, and she ain't about that life. She ain't bothering nothing. But that was like the most culture shock for me. Adulthood was easy because, you know, like I said, I'm grown. I don't got answer to nobody but God. <laughs> Me and him got a, a decent relationship. It could always be better, but we're doing all right right now. <laughs> <laughs> so there was no real hard transition from a from you know teenagehood or childhood to adulthood. Okay, it was more so like that transition from private to public school and being exposed to like porn and the the sexy the sex magazines that the boys used to have and yeah. guys running around smacking you on your ass during recess <laughs> and shit and I was like oh my god I need to go back to private school <laughs> I don't like this mommy what is this I, I think like private school is already like it's kind of like its own little world from public school I it couldn't is. I really couldn't imagine yeah a Christian private school. Like that has to just feel like, (laughs) man, I would have got kicked out of there so quick. (laughs) The thing was like our school was so new that the class sizes were very small. Okay. So, and then most of the kids that went there went to the church. So it was like, we already knew each other. We was just in class together and then we saw each other in choir rehearsal and usher practice and on Sundays. It was like seeing the same person every day of the week. I'm good on it. <laughs> I would have been, yeah. been sick of seeing you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anything, anything left that you can uh, share knowledge on like the stigma or just growing up as a pastor's kid before I get into the next thing that I want to ask you? Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> everyone is an individual at the end of the day them being in church or not being in church or being a pk or not being a pk does not determine how freaky or nasty that they are so let it go let it go you have a sister right I have two younger sisters. So was their experience a lot like you from what you know? Let them tell it no. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it crazy how when you have siblings, like 
you, I don't know if you're the oldest, but as the oldest, I felt like we all had the same childhood. Like our parents raised us all the same. We all had the same rules, all of that. But if you let them tell their stories, it's like, what house did you grow up in? Like we had the same parents. Like, how did you get that from that story versus me? Like my younger sister, she was the bad one out of the three of us. Mm. She was the problem child. She was the one that was caught bringing liquor to a private school in <laughs> D.C. and getting kicked out and, you know, had the baby a little early and, you know, did some shit she ain't had no business doing. The middle sister, she was more sneaky about her shit. Okay. She would skip school and go drink alcohol and chill with her friends, you know, typical high school shit. Me, I was the smart one. Now, I did everything I wanted to do, but I did what I was supposed to do, too. Mm-hmm. I made sure if I was skipping school and doing shit, I ain't had no business. My grades were still good. My homework was always turned in. Like, I never gave a teacher or anybody reason to say she is failing or didn't turn in something just because I wasn't there. Makes sense. So, I was just the smarter of the three of us. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so something that I wanted to talk to you about, A, because I know you're opinionated and you will you, you <laughs> and you are, you also don't you don't take much shit. Um but being a single woman in two thousand and twenty in a city like DC, where I think like not sex trafficking, but there's there's a lot of shit going on in DC. How scary is it for you being single in, in two thousand and twenty? Um I'm not going to lie. I wasn't like scared of being single mm. until like late 2019. Okay. When all of the the story, not even late 2019, I would say early 2019, where you heard a lot of stories, especially here in the DMV about, you know, guys and women meeting on places like Tinder and POF and Bumble and women setting up the men to get them robbed and killed, and the men setting up the women to rape them. Like, you know, you've always heard the stories, but it's not until it's in your city and in your place that you kind of feel a certain kind of way about it. Mm -hmm. And so when those stories started happening, I started, you know, asking more questions and became a little more guarded when it came to how much access I gave a person to me from a dating site specifically. Um, And then now the the human sex trafficking thing is fucking insane. They have been, there's been some reports, I live in Laurel, Maryland, and there's been some reports that not even five minutes away at a CVS that those white vans with the locks Mm -hmm. on the back, are like sitting up there waiting on women to come in and out of that 24 hour CVS and snatching them up. So I'm like, that is literally down the street from me. Now I'm a woman who goes everywhere by myself. I don't have a lot of female friends here in the DMV with me. They live other places. I go a lot of places at night. (laughs) I process serve, which is like serving people court documents. And I do that up until 9 30 PM and it's dark. So, like, at this point, I'm getting ready to sign up for a gun license <laughs> because I'd rather shoot first and ask questions later. I'm 5'1". I'm 160 pounds. I'm a little thing. The average man can snatch me up real quick. 
and I just don't have time <laughs> to be playing them kind of games with people. I carry a pocket knife with me. I have mace. Um, when I meet people, you know, dating, I don't give them my my real number. They get like a Google number or a text app number. Um, I meet them in public in the middle of the day, like in daylight. I don't meet them at night. I don't go to their house. I ask what their last names are. Like there's my my dad was also a police officer for thirty plus years. So I've also been taught to like watch my surroundings, surroundings and yeah. ask certain questions. So I've always been observant in that aspect, but now it's just like on a thousand. Okay. So it's very scary and very hard. And it doesn't help that I want to move to Texas, which is like the number one place that all of this is ha- happening at. You want to move to Texas? I would like to move to Texas. My other choice is Atlanta, and it's happening a lot in Atlanta, yeah, too. Yeah, either way, you... uh. So, I'm like, I'm fucked if I stay. I'm <laughs> fucked if I go. But at least here, I know I got family here. I don't got yeah. family in Texas or Georgia. So, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. I just want to find the one person that's for me and we can live together and have I don't like dogs but I'll get a huge dog just to protect the house and I know that I'm I'm good like somebody got me Akita is <laughs> the way you want to go if you get a big ass dog oh, I need something <laughs> huge but it's terrifying like even now where I'm at doing this show like I, I don't know if you can see me but I keep looking around me to mm. make sure like I'm just I got to pay attention. You just never know. Yeah, and because you hear stories all the time, right? Either a woman was attacked or she was raped or she was attempted to be kidnapped. Like, at this point, like, that stuff, it seemed like, and maybe it was just because I was younger, but growing up, that it it was rare. You heard it, but it was rare and few and far between. Now it's like, it's a few times a week, especially if if you pay attention to world news or just news around the United States and not just in your city, you'll see a story about that every day. Yeah, and not to mention also, these men, I wouldn't even call them men these days, the males, okay? I would say males because they're not men. They're feeling a way when you reject them, like their advances. Uh Like if you don't want to take their number or you tell them that you're not interested, like they're raping and killing women just off the strength of you saying no. So even now, as a grown woman I still have to act like you know I mean I have to feel the vibe and still even then if the vibe is off I still have to act interested just so nothing fucking happens like when did that start happening like when did men become so sensitive that they can't take someone telling them no I don't get that at all like people and I've said this before I feel like men not in general but some have a sense of entitlement to women still. It's still that caveman mm-hmm. mentality, like, I'm interested in you. How dare you not be interested in me? And I don't yep. I don't get like who do you think you are to where you can demand someone be interested in you because you decided to show them a little attention or you decided to buy them a drink or you decided to take them to lunch. Like we gotta get better. Like we gotta we gotta get to a point to where it's like I don't understand why people would want to waste their time with somebody who's clearly not interested. Like somebody says they're not interested. All right, we 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 got some good food. Peace up. I'll see you later. Like why why not find somebody who's actually interested in you? Why do people fascinate or fixate their thoughts on I, I this woman has to be into me or I'm going to do something crazy? 
I don't know. It's crazy to me. I feel like I feel like people don't have the backbones that they used to have. Mm-hmm. I think the parenting skills have haven't been as strong as they used to be like back in the day. So you have all these weak minded individuals, male and female, and they're so sensitive. Like every little thing that you do makes them feel away. And how do we fix that? Like, how do you get to a point to turn that around and make it positive? after So much damage has already been done. We just got to start with where we can. The ones that do understand it, have to teach their sons and we got to, we got to communicate. And I think that uh, like Derek, I'm a, I'm a Bulls fan. Derek Rose is one of my favorite basketball players, but like he had a little case um, and he even said, he was like, look, I don't even know what consent is. Like, how do you define consent? And it's like, see, that's that line of thinking that will put you in a fucked up situation. Like, how do you not know? And and he was being Wait. honest and he didn't even say it maliciously. He was just like being honest with the fact of like, I, I don't know what consent is. Like either we're going to have sex or we're not like, People really think like that. And then when you have people who don't understand the, the idea and concept of consent and they get to adult age and it's 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 a dangerous combination. Yeah, but then, you know, it's not always just the man's fault either. Like some of these women out here, they know what they be doing mm-hmm. when it comes to the whole consent and being super flirty and leading people on and then... Like, you know, the men are not all guilty. Like, it's not all on them. Like, some of these women be out here playing games, too, and they deserve to be cussed out and reprimanded just like the men do. That's true. And then, like, and then I don't want to take away the focus, but I just will say this. We got to do something about the fact of, like, how many men have, like, horror stories of how they lost their virginity to some woman that's way older than them and it's really rape. Yes! Like, oh my God, I thought it was just me. Oh no, that that's that's that shit is weird. Yeah, even me, I lost my virginity at twelve, and she was sixteen. And like looking, oh. like being an adult now, looking back at like that whole situation, and how, and I won't get into graphic detail here, but how that whole situation went down, that was some creep shit. I don't understand it. And no one talks about it. And I think for men, it's more so, I think as they get older, they recognize what it was. But when you're young and when you're a teenager, you look at it as a rite of passage in a sense. Like, oh my God, this older woman was interested in me. Like, I got to be something. Like, I'm the shit or some shit. I don't know, but it's weird. Yeah. And it's happened a lot. like a lot it needs to come to the forefront like women need to start going to jail just as much as men for the shit they're doing and i feel like until men start being more vocal about what's happening Mm -hmm. and stop acting like being vocal and expressing themselves is making them look weak or less of a man then women gonna keep doing what the fuck they've been doing and nobody's gonna reprimand them yeah, it's just like the whole Me Too thing with like Harvey Weinstein. Somebody until somebody speaks up and people start speaking up, the shit just keep happening. Yep, that's that's it's just terrible. a fact. Yeah, um, and that's a one whole of the tangent. reasons why I'm scared to have kids. Specifically, like I rather have a daughter than a son. One of the reasons is because of stuff like that. Like you got teachers messing with the kids, daycare providers messing with kids. I will catch a case quick and won't think twice about it. And I just, I can't. Yeah, yeah that's, I that's the biggest can't. test of patience is having kids. Honestly, uh, I'm surprised I haven't 
coach anybody behind my children yet, but my children are always ready to fight. So, um, oh good, yeah, <laughs> oh, like them already. Oh, my daughter Amaya <laughs> is the biggest fighter out the bunch. Like she, she legit, like she's she's nothing but probably like eighty some pounds, but she like she'll say like, oh, you want to fight? Like that's her first thing is like. Oh, do you? We can just fight and get it over with now. Like that's how she, that's how she deals with people. It's like, all right. <laughs> Where'd she get that from? She's yeah, she gets that from me. But we're, we're, that's not what we're here uh-huh. for. We can go ahead and skip right on past. <laughs> well, I got, I got nothing left, Miss First Lady. Since I can't say your name, it's been. You don't know how many times I've had to catch myself to not say your name while we've been recording. <laughs> You got you got anything for me? Anything on your mind before we go? I do. I will have one question for you, just as as a send off. But uh, anything on your mind? Anything? Well, I have started a new business venture. Okay. It's called Lady Haven Boutique. It's a women's clothing store online, um, and I will be going live with the site in the next couple of weeks. So I will keep that on everybody's radar. Where the models it? Were you on the live when I had the models on Facebook? No, I must have missed it. Did they have pretty feet? No. They didn't? Oh, come on now. How are you going to have models without pretty feet? You know what they say. The most beautiful women have the ugliest feet. I don't believe that shit. No. Uh, That's that's false. I've seen it. That is disgusting. (laughs) I am legit disgusting. You know you like toes in your face and stuff. Pretty toes. I was about to say you add. Someone asked you what? to do a, a page a foot page with my feet did i tell you i think i told yeah, you we somebody talked about it. wanted to manage i told me. you you do it yourself you don't need no manager for no <laughs> foot page what the hell i don't i don't need nobody cutting into my my other stream of income there you go see that could be a whole nother we'll we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> <laughs> but something i do i did want to like throw on you last minute before we go so i know you've been doing your segment on the awakened soul for like a month at this point um but for those who like found you or listened to you first through this and don't know, like you started with the Crown 360 was the first podcast, right? And radio show. Yeah. Then you had the Cookie yep. Chronicles. Now the Cookie Chronicles is a segment <laughs> on the Awakened Soul. What what do you have planned for your segment for the rest of 2020? Because what I will say, I like that every week has been completely different so far. And for anyone who do, who know who wants to peek behind the uh the curtain. I don't know what she's going to talk about before she sends it to me. So I listen to it basically like right before you guys listen to it. <laughs> what you got planned for 2020? Honestly, I don't know. I'm I'm not a huge planner. I'm more of a like on the fly kind of girl. Mm. And the on the fly mentality has worked for me when it comes to podcasting. Like I can't think too much about it. Okay. I normally just do what comes to mind, whatever feels right, whatever's irking me at the moment. I discussed, um, but I don't know. I've been asked a lot over the past few months, like if I'm going to revive the Cookie Chronicle show. Um, I don't know. I, I like it as a segment right now. Okay. <laughs> Especially since you're doing your own um, business I don't, and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, I have so much other stuff going on, and then it's so hard to find the perfect co-host that is going to be just as open and honest and vulgar and nasty as I am. Because <laughs> the show is about love, sex, and relationships. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you right now. Maybe I'm, it'll come to me later. I'm going to be 100% honest with you right now. So don't don't kill me. Don't mm-hmm. shoot me, right? 
So you know, I was, okay. I was, I was, I me and you were were talking like after Crown Three Sixty and like you going into doing the Cookie Chronicles. Like there were times where you bounce ideas off me and like how you because at first you had like idea of like doing a show in the shower and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yes, that would have been so fun. <laughs> that would have been dope. But no, honestly, once I realized that you had like stopped doing the Cookie Chronicles for a while, I'm like, let me reach out and see. And the reason why I presented like you doing the Cookie Chronicles as a segment on The Awakened Soul is because I want you to realize you don't need a co-host. You're dope on your own. Thank you. So like, like, and that, that's real talk. And I, I wanted, I wanted to sit down and talk to you about it, but I'm like, I know, I know, I almost called you by your name. I'm like, I, I know how she works, and if I talk to her she's gonna be like well no this is my idea and you're not gonna listen to me because you don't listen to what i have to say sometimes I do <laughs> no 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 but uh, but all jokes aside i i i don't think you realize how good you are at this even when when you were doing crown 360 and that's when we first met what did i tell you i'm like you you shining amongst this group or you had like four people on the show with you at, at times and like, and I get it. I get the idea of having a co-host and like how that does make the show easier and the way all not all on you. But I want you to realize yeah. that this is in your fucking blood. You got this. So that's why I presented <laughs> oh, it to you that way. Thank you. You're thank you so much. <laughs> I just I don't know. I think I feel like I think because I initially got into podcasting with the team, mm -hmm. I'm used to that comfortability of other people coming up with things when I can't on the fly. Yeah. And I like the fact that I can, it's like I can have a conversation in the back and forth with someone right there in the studio, as opposed to just talking to myself and like saying my thoughts and no one responds to me. So I think that's why I'm so comfortable with wanting to have someone else there. I feel that. But I don't know. Like I do do my lives every other day on Facebook. You, you do your love, lives, you know, you do your segment. Now, I do my, like, you got this. Yeah. But one thing, so I'm going to, I'm going to end it on this. I'm going to, I got a challenge for you. This just came out in talking. And since I saw the passion that came in your eyes when the subject came up. I, before the end of 2020, want you to do a roundtable discussion with a group of men to talk about how they were victimized by women. And I will drive to D.C. to, to moderate. I will drive to D.C. to be on the panel. I'll record it. I'll take care of everything else. I just need you to set up the date and get the people in line, and we'll make that happen. I can do that. That'll be fun. That'll be dope. You no, know, DC is my favorite I see, city. So, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, it's time for you to move. Then it's time for you I, to move. If you move here, I'll stay. If I move to DC, I you will have to personally be on making sure that I don't drink too much. That's how much I, I did. It's something about the every time I wind up in DC, I'm drunk <laughs> out my fucking mind. <laughs> I love that city. Like the moment of crossing into like into that area into DC, like high school like the true haze like haze now is a mature haze but back in like 2005 haze comes out every time i'm in dc i don't quite like it oh, gosh you gotta come again when are you coming again uh, uh may when in may i haven't decided yet but I, I come every may i've been in dc every may for the last three years you should come before may why what happens before May? Yeah. Well, just let me know. Give me the date. I'll be there. Nah, I like strip clubs, so you know. You know, I don't like random. I don't like random naked women around me. Why? I just well, don't. It's never feet. been. It's never been a thing for me. <laughs> I just really have never <laughs> enjoyed it. 
They got pretty feet. <laughs> that is what you would. You so stupid. Oh man, this this show has gone completely. We started off in a good place, and then like it just it just turned. So <laughs> go ahead and give them your social media so we can go home before you bring you bring out too much haze on this show. <laughs> oh Lord, okay. My Facebook is Chia T I A the First Lady. My Instagram is the First Lady D A F I R S T underscore L A D I. A Lady Haven, which is coming soon, is L-A-D-I-H-A-V-E-N. So keep on the lookout for that. You know what? I guess I'll talk to you about this after we get uh, off air because I may have a business venture for you. But um, is that it? Okay. Got anything left to plug? No. Check out the segment Cookie Chronicles here on the Awakened Soul Podcast. There you go. Period point blank. You guys can follow <laughs> follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. You can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod or at the Awaken Soul Pod, just depending on where you're looking for us at. You can send us any questions, feedback, comments, concerns, the Awaken Soul Pod at gmail.com. And lastly, you can send us a voicemail. And I'll play it on the podcast at 614-547-2039. That's all off the top of the dome. I'm so up. I'm a professional. This is what I do. Why has a radio station not hired me yet? But this has been. I would love to work for a radio station like yeah. the late night show. Oh, see, we got we got to do me and you. We got to do that. Um, but this has been another episode yeah. of The Awakening. So we're out, this motherfucker. I'll see you, lovely and beautiful people, next week. Peace. Work, 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 work. Yeah, you know I got that work. I'm why baby mamas leave. I'm why baby fathers turn. Made it big with go-go, and I made it with that dough flow. This one right here for DC, this one right here for Polo. See my PA Palace flow, Hugo Boss New Balance flow. Here they keep a ratchet close, intent to think irrational. Bait, 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 bait. That I get like eight of them. They clapping and we balling. Oh, how fitting we at stadium. B-O-A, Lil G, Mo Cobain, and Trey Floor C said that wins this game So close I can get flip or play My mojo back, may just go bring a hobo back Shout out chicken, getting chicken like my Northeast homie fast Who that is she fool with? He don't do it the same Baby girl, I just move him We go an hour? No, I mean, there's no set time limit I don't expect it to be super long, so no worries I go all night Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah.